one thing that I think um, stopping people from either getting to the goal or getting away from the goal is the mindset itself. Something that will be crucially needed in order for you to achieve any goals, to be honest. And nothing more satisfying or to change their mindset and helping them to actually be their own coach. Like it or not, the only person that will help you as far as you want other people to help you is yourself. Yourself either can help you to go to high level or you go lower. So this is why it's so important for you to invest in yourself as well. If you ask me what's the difference between a person who is very successful in their field and a person who's not, is this person who's very successful, they're not dwelling in the negative side. They feel sad, they feel angry. It is your choice what you want to do with it. You either can move on or you can stay there where nothing will change. Mm -hmm. How you feel is one thing, but how you deal with how you feel is another thing. Hi everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Y2 Podcast. Usually on the podcast, I interview interesting and noteworthy people to learn about their journeys and specifically look to understand their beliefs, their values, the mindset and resources they use to get started and succeed on their journey. Today is a little bit of a different episode than you've heard in the past. We still have somebody very interesting and very noteworthy, but today they come to us as a subject matter expert. This episode is a part of a series of upcoming interviews where we'll be focusing more on the tactical and practical approach of different areas of skill set that everyone can learn in developing told right from the experts themselves across a range of disciplines and backgrounds. Please do let me know what you think about this new format. You can reach out to me on Twitter at DustinElliott89 or preferably on Facebook where it's simply facebook.com forward slash Project Y2 and that's number two. You can also just simply search us for the Project Y2 or the Y2 podcast and you'll find us pretty easy. Make sure you like the Facebook page as well so you can stay up to date. But regardless, please do let me know your thoughts and suggestions about this episode or any others as at the end of the day, I want to create this for you and I want to make sure that I can deliver the maximum amount of value to you during our time together. But that being said, let's get back to today's episode. Today we're joined by Hafiz Omar, or Coach H as he's best known by. Coach H is currently a personal trainer at RBT South Melbourne and has his own lifting group ethos. He is over 12 years in the personal training industry and has trained both professional and amateur athletes at an extremely high level. We'll get to meet Coach H more in a few minutes, so hang tight. But today's chat is all about exploring the tools and tactics that he uses to both coach the coaches he coaches, but also his amateur athletes who he trains currently. If you've listened to this podcast, you either love the sound of my voice or probably more likely you aspire to being better and chasing and achieving your dreams. And this chat gets right at the core of the habits and thought processes everyone can use to make sure they make those dreams a reality. Whether you are a manager, a leader, a mentor, or just want to use the same proven techniques that has led to the development of Coach H's amateur athletes and achieving their goals, then this chat's for you. With that being said, let's get right into it. Coach H, welcome to the Y2 Podcast. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to our chat today, and obviously, uh, we've been chatting a little bit about uh, the Y2 podcast and all the all the things I want to do, and I can't think of anybody better than uh, yourself, given all your experience and all the things I've seen you do and uh, the journey you've been on for somebody to join me today to uh, depart some very interesting learnings for my listeners today, so thank you very much for being a part of it. Oh, thank you for having me. This is such a... I've been looking forward for this since you asked me, <laughs> but we just never get the time properly and the date properly because I've been so busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
I'm on it. Thank you so much. No, man, it's uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, just for listeners as well, too, apologize a bit about my voice. I'm uh, <laughs> just recovering from uh, a bit of a bit of a cold, so I've got a bit of a Barry White baritone going on today. <laughs> but obviously, it'll be mostly you talking today, H. And um, <laughs> with that being said, I'd love if you could just start by just introducing yourself, giving listeners a little bit of uh, background. Who is Coach H? Um, yeah, so my real name is Hafiz Omar. Uh, people know me as Coach H, uh, no H. Um, originally, I'm from Malaysia. Uh, I'm from the Borneo side of Malaysia, and I'm, I've basically been a coach for the last 12 years, and I'm currently working at RBT South Melbourne um, as the education coordinator. I um, also run my own business as well, um, and um, basically what I've, my role at RBT is looking at the quality of the coaches and making sure that everyone up to the standard. Um, at the same time, I'm coaching a few other athletes in powerlifting, um, and I'm specializing in rehab as well. So I have a lot of people who are coming back from injuries that want to train again or want to be in a platform again for powerlifting. So I do a lot of that as well. Um, but my, my, my big niche as well um, at the moment is running courses around Australia as well for coaches. Um, that's one thing that we do at RBT as well as part of my role. So yeah, that's me. Excellent. Now, uh, as we spoke about, obviously, you've got a, a tremendous amount of experience in uh, health and fitness and all that, and we'll talk a bit about today. But obviously, the, the fundamentals in, in what you do are so fundamental to everybody and how they live their life. And um, just as we were talking about before, obviously, you do one of the core tenets for your coaching is this thing called inner coaching. So I wonder if you could just talk us a little bit through about what that is. So inner coaching is something that... Um something that is very organic um, when it comes to coaching. Um, a lot of coaches have this. Um, matter of fact, anyone that, um, that listen to this probably have this, they're just not realizing it. Um, then I realized the reason why I still a coach um, after 12 years is ha- helping people to lose weight is one thing or helping people to get um, strong is one thing, but helping people to change their mentality to see things a little bit differently is another. Mm. Um, and like it or not, I went from a high performance um, or high level athletes um, training to uh, more of daily joys. Um, simply because, like I said earlier, when you train athletes, they're very goal driven. Mm. It's easily motivated. Of course, they, some athletes still apply some um, positive self-talk and anything that helped them to the mindset. but. When you, tr- when you have a look at the amateurs, for example, the daily Joes that we train at the gym in the, uh, day in and day out, these people struggling a little. Um, that is why a lot of people fail with their goal, uh, with their fitness goal or their weight loss, uh, weight loss goal. It's not the system that they're missing. They have the system. They, people know how to lose weight. Mm, yeah. It's 2017. Everyone knows how to lose weight. You know? Everyone have the, they, they have the excess to, to the information of how to lose weight. You know? A click away, you understand what, what it takes to lose weight. You yeah. know? Um, also, the training side of it, people know how to train. They go to the gym, they have coaches and all. But one thing that we're missing and one thing that I think um, stopping people from either getting to the goal or getting away from the goal is the mindset itself. Something that will will be crucially needed in order for you to achieve any goals, to be honest. And in my experience in 12 years, nothing more satisfying to actually help people to, to see 
or to change their mindset and helping them to actually be their own coach. That is why we built this inner coaching um, uh, principle, meaning that helping others or helping anyone, be it, be it a fitness goal or anyone that want to have or want to achieve their goal, to be their own coach. Um, like it or not, the only person that will help you as far as you want other people to help you is yourself. Um, yourself either can help you to go to high level or you go lower. So this is why it's so important for you to invest in yourself as well. Absolutely. Um, I think that's where the, 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 the roots of inner coaching, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Can you take us through, when you're sitting down with your coaches or your, your athletes, can you take us through some of the, some of the steps to try to, um, to, try to foster or, or, or bring awareness to that inner coach? Like you said, you know, everybody has it, but how do you go about starting to cultivate that in people? Oh, absolutely. Now, this is something that you will, um, for a coach to be able to have this sort of skill, they have to do it. They have to experience more in any skills, to be honest with mm. you. You know, like the, 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 the um, classic way or the conventional way of learning a new skill requires you, what, 10,000 10, hours to, yeah. to keep on doing it, right? Yeah. So I think the first thing that we need to tackle, if you're a coach or even if you're a teacher, for example, if you're listening to this, um, the first thing that you need to do is you need to listen. Um, as a coach, it's so easy for us to just talk. Because we see ourselves as, as an authority. Um, therefore, we say, not nah, do this, do that, stop doing that, you know. But if we actually stop and listen, and when I say listen, it's not just um, listen to the, their words. Actually looking at their face expression, um, because body language can speak louder than words, if you know what you're looking for, mm. you know what I mean? We need to start by listening. We need to understand where this person comes from, all right? And then you have this, um, this obstacle coaches that always face this. Oh, you don't know. How do you differentiate between people who just BS you or people who been generally, uh, um, generally say the, the words that they say? Now, this is where understanding body language is very important as well. But all I can say, even if someone tried to BS you, if you show that you actually listen to them, if you show that you actually care about what they say, um, they have a tendency to change their tune a little and to be a bit more honest to, to you. So I think the first thing that you need to do is to listen to other people. Just really listen and actually taking notes to what they, they have said to you. Um, because if you don't pay attention to what they said, you might missing one or two points. Um, coaching is about parenting. It's almost mm. like, you know, <laughs> be a parent rather than... You, if you're a coach, you're a parent, you're a motivator, like it or not, you're a listener, you're everything. Um, but nowadays, is you know, we, we kind of like one-sided to just be a coach, but not on the, the you know, listening part or, or, or the parenting part. And I think there's a level of parenting. And so you don't want to keep on parent, uh, keep on doing the same thing with them. You don't want to hold their hands all the time. But I think if I have someone new, if I'm talking to anyone, to be honest with you, be it during the fitness or literally just introduce, you know, just like a normal conversation, you will, you will gain more information. You will learn more about that person just by listening, mm. just really by listening. Absolutely. Yeah. And for when you're sitting there with your athletes and trying to foster this inner, inner, inner coach with them, how do you sort of walk them through um, that process? Of course. So. There's a three process that I've done, um, be it if you knew, or this, this is, can be done in any um, situation. So let's say um, you knew and you said to me, hey, H, I've done this before. I've tried to lose weight, right? But I failed. And then how can you help me? 
So what I'll then do with them is I said, okay, you're going to write this thing to me. First, you're going to write result. You're going to write what did you achieve, no matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing. What was the result of that, um, that fitness loss goal that you, you tried to achieve? And I said, okay, cool. Um, here's the result. We get the result, then we're looking at two things. I make them to look back to what works with them before and how can we keep on doing that. So obviously, once they have the result, for example, they say, oh, I lost five kilo, right? Um, but I meant to lose another five kilo. I only lost five kilos, but I didn't lose that another five kilos. I said, good. So we, there's something working with you. What was that working? So let's say that five kilos, it works because I, I watch my diet, actually tracking my macros and actually checking into my coaches um, quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Good. And then I said again, now we get the, the good part of it. Now let's look at the negative part of, part of it. What are you missing in that that you might think you can improve? Because we could so easily just put the blame on the coaches or in anything really. But at the end of the day, in order for you to build your own inner coach, you have to take responsibility as well. Then we ask them what, what they're missing. They say, okay, maybe on that last five kilos that I need to lose, um, I'm slacking a little. I have holiday. Uh, um, I came back from my holiday and I'm just, you know, um, I'm, I can't be bothered anymore. Okay, cool. Then we have two sides. We're not just having one side of story now. Now we know there's something that's working. We know that you can be consistent. You've shown that you've been consistent. You lost five kilo. And then you lose motivation a little when you come back from holiday. You probably don't have a strategy when you go to holiday, mm-hmm. what you need to do during your holiday and whatnot. Uh, or you're probably just not doing it. Now we know this is a missing part and this is where we want to fix it. The good part, we want to keep on doing it the, the, so we can go to the middle, which is the, result, the new result. And the, the bad part or, the, or the, 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 the parts that stop you from getting to your goal is something that we want to change or go the opposite. So then, we, then this also, we can bring it to the middle, which is a new result. Mm. So I don't dictate what should happen. Rather, let them see what happened before and how can we fix it. So that's one thing that I always do when I have someone. Same in the situation if you're competing in any, uh, any competition, for example. I recently have um, one of my lifter, Melanie, who competed. That was my, our last competition together. She's moving back to New Zealand. Um, in the competition setup, for example, you have the result. Good, she won. Uh, she, she got second place. That's the result, mm-hmm. right? She got, um, she, got a, she got PB on bench press, which is 82.5 kilo for female lifters, 72 kilo body weight. It's pretty big. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. We got the result. Now, I told her the same thing like I said to that guy um, that want to lose weight again. I said, what was the good thing that you've done? Very consistent in training. I, hit my, uh, I did my training all the time. I never, um, I never missed a session. Beautiful. What are you missing? Why can't you be number one instead of number two? Mm-hmm. I psych myself up a little in the morning. I go stalk my other opening on Instagram. Then I realize that they're lifting heavier than me. Mm. I have self-doubt. Good. Now we know that you've already done all the strategies. You've already done the hard work. That works with you. Mm. We need to stop putting a negative input in your prep especially the night before your, your powerlifting comp mm-hmm. because that will um, play around with your mental and we know psychology is huge, mindset is huge in sports. Then we know next time, keep doing what you do good well. 
Now, do not go and <laughs> stalk other lifters and try to figure out what they're lifting yeah. because it didn't go well so, so far with you. Some people might take that as a challenge, but if you can't handle it, that we, you will take that as a defeat. So being honest with that input, what that means, exactly. and then create a strategy on mitigating that. Absolutely. So you see two different things. You don't just take the positive or not just the, the negative. You want both of these because these do that a lot of people missing which is for me is a big thing. You need to be able to teach yourself in anything you do or teach your client um, as a coach or your athlete as a coach to, you know, to be able to self-assess the situation. A lot of coaches as well, they want the clients to rely on them so much. And this is where, the, this is where I think the, the biggest part that put me a little different from other coaches I want my coaches to be so good they don't, they don't need me anymore. In the recent months, I actually asked my clients, can you guys stop training with me for a while because I'm so busy? Um, and they said, uh, I said, you guys don't need, I said to them, I said, you guys don't need me anymore. Your, your technique is fluent. You guys are pretty strong. You understand how the program works. And then it hits me when the client, my, my lifter said, hey, we don't train because of your program or because we don't know how to. We train because when you're there, when you're present, you make, me, you make us feel empowered. You make us feel like we can do it. Then I realized this is not just from my lifters. This is whoever that I uh, ever trained before. Then I trace back to you know, the record in the FB posts or messages that I receive. And recently also I added one client that I trained seven years ago when I was in Malaysia. Um, and he thanked me saying that, thank you so much for what you, what you thought me seven years ago. Um, he said, I don't know if you remember this, but you said you're worth it to me. Um, and then that changed the way I see myself. And she's, he said, I've lost so much weight from seven years ago and I can't thank you enough. And this is just make, just prove the, 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 you know, the story that people don't buy your product, you know. Everyone know how to coach. Every, you know, there's a lot of coaches. Mm. There's a lot of, no matter how smart you are, your program will not be any different from other coaches. It's, let's, let's put it that way. But people buy you, you know, your service as a, as a coach. You know, and this is not new to your listener, not, not to you. But people buy who you are mm. and why you do it. Like you know, Simon said, why you do it. And I think without me actually intentionally thinking of why I do it, but passionately doing it, that's just, a, you know, it becomes something that organic. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's incredibly powerful. Obviously, the, with the context of coaching, it can be the context of if you lead a team oh, or, or any, anybody around you that you, you, you uh, inspire, you coach, you, mm-hmm. you give advice to, you mentor. I think those same things are absolutely fundamental in trying, mm-hmm. to, trying to find a way to coach yourself or mentor yourself out of that relationship, mm-hmm. arm them with the fundamental skills and abilities that they no longer need you anymore, that being the metric of success in that. So I think that's incredibly powerful. Um, just to go back a bit, so you mentioned you sit down with your athletes and obviously you get them to go through this, uh, this review period, looking back what was good, what wasn't good, and then how to mitigate those, you know, those areas of, of opportunity, shall mm-hmm. we say. Is there a particular um, time frame? Do you, do you get them to do it every week, every month? What sort of time frame do you get them to, to go through that exercise? So I make them, um, you know, without having to, I don't put timeline in change. Mm-hmm. That's one thing for sure. Like 
um, this is sounds going to be sound a bit weird, but to change someone's attitude, it's like to change someone's posture. And I can tell you why, because people a lot, ask, uh, a lot of people ask me, "Hey, H, how can I change my posture?" You can't change something that's been developed for 20, 30 years mm. in one night, right? But you have to remind them quite a bit. You have to making sure this is why your connection with you and whoever that you're helping have to be really, really good. Um, obviously, trust is there. They will listen to you. They look at, look up to you. Um, one thing that we always do is we always ask them to just write down daily things that you you you, you want to do. Mm-hmm. Or write down whatever you're grateful for, right? And just write it down on a piece of paper. Or if you said that you want to do 10 things, for example, just write it down and then take it at the end of the day, for example. So one thing that we my lifters, for example, or my clients do a lot is they keep everyone accountable as well. Mm. we making sure that um, whatever that you do at the gym today, there's always a mi- winning. Big or small, there's always winning. You mean in terms of something that you've, something. you've succeeded on for that Something. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. You're probably winning in you know doing extra rep without feeling want to die. Mm. Or you're probably winning in terms of feeling, oh, my knee pain is gone now. These sort of winnings that I, I encourage them, keep looking for it. Mm. Don't look for the small, you know, um, losers and stuff like that. Look at the, the small winnings. The more you look at these small winnings, it's a volume. It becomes something big. And that's one thing that we do a lot here as well. And don't look at the numbers. Look at how you feel at mm. the gym. Look how you, feel with, uh, how you feel with your body this morning. The small things. We always want to go to the result, right? Obviously, we, we always want the result. Yeah. That's, the, that's, that's why we do whatever we do. You want to be successful in, in podcasts, for example. There's an end goal mm. that you want to achieve. We focus on that, and that goal is it's important. But if we just focus on getting to, to the end goal without actually trying to perfecting our craft, you know, getting better at what we do, learning a bit more and be a bit more grateful to yourself in terms of what did I do well today? I probably prepared better this podcast or maybe I prepared well before. Um, these small winnings are really important for whoever listening to actually keep on track because we don't keep on track on our small winnings anymore. Mm. And I think that's, that's the, the biggest mistake that we, you know, we do without realizing it. We do Absolutely. It. So the main thing that my, my guys uh, always do is looking up at this small winning, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be related to what you do, but there's always small winnings that we can celebrate. Absolutely. That's simple things that will change your day, seriously. Yeah, I know one thing that my listeners on the podcast have heard me say a few times, I'm a big believer in it, is that the little things are the big things. Oh, so course. if you focus on those little micro things, just getting better at every interaction, every you know, uh, every touch point of your day kind of thing. If you constantly try to improve, if you're looking at the trend, you're going to have up days, you're going to have down days. We all do. But if you're looking at the trend and looking at that, you'll inevitably get better um, can in I, every aspect. Can I just go off track a little? Because we're talking, we're talking about how we, you know, a little things make bigger things grow, right? Um, I grew up in an island where nobody speaks English, right? That's why if you had people with bad grammar, you probably hate me now. <laughs> but I'm trying my best because I don't want to make Dustin look bad. But <laughs> no um, I only can speak fluently fluent English when I was 18 years old, um, 18, 19 years old. 
Um, how I did it because where I grew up is very hostile. Um, but I know the only way for me to survive the environment is to actually get out from the from the town. So I decided I want to go to uni. But in order for you to go to uni, you need a certain level of English. Mm. Um, so what I did, I learned how to speak English through music. I don't understand the word. All I do is every week I will have my Oxford dictionary when I try to memorize two or three words every week and see if it's matched the song. And I'll, I'm not a good singer, but I love singing as well. So that helps me to learn English better. Hmm. Um, that's how I learn English. And then um, if you speak English back home, people will laugh at you. Or people will think that you're arrogant, you know, or you're better than someone else. Hmm. And that turned down a lot of good students as well in my school because they don't want to get teased. But I don't care. I really don't. All I, I, all I was worried about, or all I want to do is to be able to speak or understand English. Mm. And then when I get better at it, I get to university. And after I finish university, the majority, the, the majority of the, 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 the lesson was done, or the lecture done in, in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, your exam all in English. So that was another obstacle again for me to, to, to do it. But then it shows that the more you practice, no matter how hard it is, right? You will get there. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, but I can guarantee you that I'm better than I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny that a lot of people just so focus on, you know, let's get there now rather than actually do one step at a time, one step at a time and get better at it. So, yeah, so it's very <laughs> interesting to, to, to see how, how that helps you to get, you know, now from, from someone who's from a small island to actually be able to have friends and, you know, mm. family in Australia and to be able to talk to you and to be sitting here with you. Um, it's, it's a, it's a uplifting um, situation for me, absolutely. if you ask me. You yeah, know what I mean? Quite humbling, but it's, it's, you have that sense of achievement as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank <laughs> you so much. So, you know, one thing I think that is really pivotal is, as you kind of mentioned earlier, is that it's easy to go find the go find the information kind of thing. But it's mm. about the the consistency, which is obviously and making sure you are consistently doing those little yeah. things. Now, uh, a couple of different ways maybe you can answer this. I'll let you kind of take it the way you want. But mm. how do you how do you try to cultivate consistency, or or maybe on the flip side, what do you see the people who are successful doing around cultivating that consistency because like you said back to your athletes mm. it's their, their they have a nine-to-five job they have family they have a social life and then they're coming to obviously train and nutrition and all that mm. how do how do you get that where does that consistency come from how can people at home listening to this cultivate consistency through through the ups and the downs it will happen that's life um but if you ask me what's the difference between person who very successful in their field and the person who's not is this person who's very successful they're not they they don't dwelling in the negative side mm. they they don't dwell in it too much they feel sad they feel angry and i have very bad week where it feels stressful and all um you have the right to feel so but you have to understand that to a point it is your choice what you want to do with it you either can move on and get better at what you do or fix the problem or you can stay there where nothing will change. Mm-hmm. You're just going to get worse and worse. Which one you choose is absolute. This is what people say, no, this is something that people can't control. No, you can't control this. You absolutely can't control it. How you feel is one thing, but how you deal with how you feel is another thing. 
Unfortunately, when majority, and I can say this because I grew up in seven siblings, I'm the only boy. <laughs> I got six sisters, right? And I can understand female will struggle with this a lot more. This is where I said to everyone that um, sometimes if, with my, in my setup for my group, if I know something is going on, I'll let them do it. I'll let them be sad or angry or whatever they want to feel first. But what I don't do is to force them to be better. I'm not in a, no one is in a position to force you to be better. Mm-hmm. You have to make the right decision, right? This is where the teamwork comes in. It's a lot easier when you have a lot of group, like females especially. You have a lot of friends around you. You feel better quickly. The best thing that I can tell you if you feel this way is don't dwell it too long and speak up. Mm. You feel such beautiful feeling once you speak up. And we don't speak out. We don't talk about our feelings anymore. And even if you're male, especially if you're, yeah, especially if you're male, male. Yeah. Look, talking about your feeling is signs of weakness. Mm-hmm. And I, um, the best thing that I've learned is talk about your feeling. Nothing wrong with it. You're more productive when you talk about your feeling because people know where you're coming from. Mm. People want to understand where you're coming from. But if we um, hide away from how we feel, there's something will eat you up. So in order for you to move on, you have to stay for a bit. Just think about how you feel and keep feeling how you feel. But to a point, you need to dig yourself out and move out. Absolutely. That's the whole thing. But as a coach, if, we are, if I'm in that situation, as a coach, or I think if you're a parent and you're listening to this as well, you probably can understand this. Um, at the end of the day, you need to be with them. Be it just a simple hi, how you feel today, that's enough. Or literally just a simple smile, you know. So for my, for my guys, because we have such a good connection in, in my group, without me saying anything, people understand how I, I'm talking to them. Mm. Um, I simply just say, you know, I check on them even, we do check, weekly check-in. Um, and I get some feedback, very objective feedback as well, because we rank their sleep um, from one to five. We rank their, um, their stress level one to five. When it gets to a point that I need to talk to them, I talk to them. If they feel just, you know, stress around two or three, um, you probably just let them walk it off. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but we always, we always keep our eyes on them. We yeah. always stay close to them. Um, for those who don't have a coach or for those who want to know how can they actually um, dig themselves out from that hole, the best way for you to do it is look at that again you got to look at that always some good thing happened within that bad situation as well if you can't find something look at something that something good happened to other people be happy for other for example happy with someone who achieved something um that just help you to feel a little better about yourself as well because like it or not positivity and negativity unfortunately some people have a tendency to um to be towards the negativity a little. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of negative people that now is very open-minded. It takes some in process. It takes a very careful process, but it can happen. Um, talk, talk to people is the best thing that could ever possibly happen to you. Yeah, you have to be able to open up. Yeah, I know. Just kind of two, two thoughts when you were saying that. I mean, I think the one thing where you talked about the weekly check-ins where people are sort of ranking their sleep. I think that's really important. I think... 
one of the big things I found, like I've got a, I've got a Fitbit, mm-hmm. um, and one of, one of the things I can do is to become more mindful to mm-hmm. and to think a little bit more about the one-on-ones in my life. I can look at my sleep. I can look how much am I sleeping. I can look at, you know, my heart rate monitor. And all of a sudden, it's amazing how you start to cultivate this mindfulness about it. I think too often sometimes we get stuck in a bit of the, a, a bit in the moment. And yeah. you kind of, all of a sudden, you, you yeah, you're, you're a bit negative. That turns into two days negative, three days negative, not having enough sleep. You broke a bit of a bad habit. But if you if you have some habit of sort of trying to check in with yourself or having a coach or surrounding yourself with people accountability buddies where you can sort of talk a bit about that and articulate that become mindful of it mm. so you don't just get a string of you've developed a bad sleeping habit or you're not all of a sudden eating very well and that blows out into a bad habit yeah. or even gratefulness as well too i think oh, like um absolutely there's um you know heaps and heaps of different ways to go about there but i've got a great a great little app five minute journal where you just you know three things the three things you're grateful for three things you know you're looking forward to the day and one thing you want to achieve yeah. very very simple but after a while you do that and it begins to cultivate mm-hmm. um and you start to you check in with yourself you check in the mentality you go you know uh, how am i feeling today what am i thinking about and you start to catch yourself quicker and quicker and quicker oh, of course um, not a lot of people know this, and some of people, if you're friend, my friend, you're probably surprised if I didn't tell you this, but last year I was battling depression as well. Uh, I was lucky because I have a beautiful wife who supported me the whole way, but, um, you know, I've been doing, uh, my depression is a bit different than or the way I feel it a bit different from some of um, people who are struggling with it now, uh, where I feel like I am, I'm losing my purpose as a coach. I feel like where I'm going with this, you know. Uh, I've been doing it for so long and I started freaking out, if I'm not a coach, who am I? Mm. You know, because all I know and all everyone knows about me, I'm a coach, yeah. you know. All, that's, that's all I am. So I was battling for, for it and I, every morning waking up was, was, a, was a battle and I'm a morning person. Um, you get anxiety before you go to sleep, you have anxiety when you wake up, you feel sick when you go in the gym, you know but nobody knows about it. Then I realized there's no way I can get better um, unless I actually trust other people to actually listen to my story mm. without any judgment. And if there any judgment, that would be my responsibility to tackle on. Um, a lot of things that happened to me as well is, uh, I think I'm lucky enough because I'm people who work around me um, uh, generally care about you and people who train with me are really really nice people so when I open the, the best way that I've done is um, open up I literally make a post in our group and saying this is what happened since then I'm not a po- I'm not like 100% positive every day but I could so easily get more positive than negative in daily life mm. Because since I said that, I have many of my clients or many of friends that know this start opening up to Absolutely. me. Yeah. Some of them to a level of suicidal as well. Had I not talked to them, they will not talk to me or someone else. You see, when you, when you, when you, when you do this sort of thing that shine a light to other people as well, that's enough. Mm. That's all it takes. Because sometimes our stories can help people too. This is why we do this as well. We're hoping someone who listened to this realize that there's always light, right? There's always someone that's going to help you, you know? That we just have to be, we just need to reach out. Um, there's always a hand, but sometimes we, we stop ourselves from extending arms and reaching out 
and you know let them pull you up and I'm glad that I did because then people start talking to me mm. people start to opening up to me and that helped them so I think I think the best way you can do is to talk to people yeah talk to people and um talk to people that you trust first if you have that issue um and then be genuine to them they if they care about you so much they will help you along the way for sure yeah, absolutely i know yeah. one thing one thing i've certainly got a lot of this podcast too is people coming on the show and opening up about their stories and oh, about absolutely. how sometimes we look at other people and we get a little bit lost in our own story and they go look at all these people that have it all together they've got yeah. the job they've got the they've yeah. got the family and all that but when you start when you open up to them about some of the challenges you have and yeah. you be vulnerable i think it's yeah. um renee brown um it's amazing what people reciprocate back and you realize that other people they may be going through the same thing or maybe they've gone through that same thing and they've they've gone through a similar journey and they have the tools or they have the mm. resources to help you out but mm. if you don't ask if you don't open up about that mm. and it's scary i mean it's still it something I, i still something i grapple with all the time of the course podcast is a mechanism to try to help me continue to to open up about that but yeah, yeah it's amazing what other people have in their lives and absolutely absolutely it's amazing like i think the reason why a lot of people do become a coach or personal trainer as well is you know this inspiring story that's mm. that, that they listen to oh they have their own stories you know yeah. they they create their own stories as well which is really important so it's just you know i do believe in um i do believe then that there's always people out there that will help you you know there's always kindness that we just have to to be willing to reach out for you know sometimes we feel like we don't have anyone to help us but we we kind of missed it maybe we the one who actually refused to be helped so especially if you're a guy you know yeah, yeah. you're guys we have this ego and everything but i think the we, vulnerability we, yeah nobody makes it out alone yeah <laughs> we all we all need each other at the end of the day yeah you know? very true it's um yeah You know, one thing as well too, I think is really important and kind of underpins a lot of a lot of what we're talking about too is the surrounding yourself with great people as well. I think um, I think probably if I'm learning anything from these conversations, it's about making sure that the the people you surround yourself with mm. are are positive people that are having um, that you're able to be there for having. Mm. You know, like we talked about in a lot of your training. Actually, I'd love if maybe you could train a little bit. Talk about the we spoke about ethos, yeah. your your training group, and sort of the mentality of that or the yeah. methodology. Because I think that kind of personifies what I want. Environment is everything. Yeah. Environment is everything. Environment is the one. How's you? How you grow up is how it will shape you as an adult as yeah. well. You know, environment is a key to me for me. And um, in the gym, a lot of people fail as well because the environment of the gym is really bad. If you come to my classes, the environment is high. The, the energy is high. We create it that way. Um, for fit, for testing um, day, for example, we have a max day. The environment is insane. Mm. I lost my voice every time we do testing. Um, environment is the one that will either make you success in your goal or not. Anything, really, in anything. In ethos, and everyone knows that If you want to join Ethos, you're going to be, you have no choice but to be part of Ethos um, in a good way, mm. you know, meaning that we will care about you. <laughs> we will go to your competition if you're competing. We will help you along the way, no matter if, we, if, you, if it's, a, it's a powerlifting or if it's a rehab or whatever goals that you have. But at the end of the day, whoever wants to join us have to understand that 
we want to be we want to create an environment where you feel like you can ask for help in anything. Mm. We have friends, we have strangers who become friends from ethos now. You know, they're so close, they're so trusted each other that if someone's moving house, everyone come and help. Yeah. You know what I mean? If someone go for a competition, no matter how far they are, they come and watch. That's what is important. Imagine have some. Imagine being in that environment and try to achieve your goals. Of course, you will achieve your goals a lot yeah. easier because there's always someone who say you can do it. But when something goes wrong and we know that you need to get your act together, we're not afraid to say, hey, let's, don't do that. Let's do this in, instead. Not to tell you wrong, but just to make sure they pull you back if you start to drift it away. Environment is everything. If you go to a gym, for example, you, you, at RBT, for example, I always sell my, my coaches. Energy is everything. You have your clients who work nine to five. They have been working since 9 a.m. Hmm. You are the best part of their life today at the gym so far. Yeah. They're looking forward to come to, to the gym. Give your everything. Give your highest energy you could possibly be during the session. Simply because some people need that. And energy is very contagious. Hmm. If I'm training in a very low energy, you know, people will go lower. If I'm in a higher energy, I go to the end of the spectrum where everyone just pump. Everyone will feel the same thing. It's very mm-hmm. contagious. Like you see a photo of baby smiling, for example. You, you can't help but to smile, for it, right? Why is that? Because it's contagious. Mm. It's energy. Happiness or high-level energy is very contagious. So do the opposite. I always say that to my coaches, no matter how bad day you have, you got to switch on. Yeah, my coaches are very quick with this. They're very good at it, especially at South Melbourne and any RBT coaches. To be honest with you, that's why we build up this course. We want to make sure that everyone knows you are the best thing that would that happened to them today. You want to make sure every time they walk in here, they feel like they're someone. And the result was impressive. We have guys who stay here even if it's not training day, mm. simply because they feel this is the happy place now. This yeah. is where they. The hangout, this is where they feel like, you know, they release all the tension and that's how it should be. That's how, that's what a fitness should be. Um, that's why you need to understand that you need to set up the, the tone of your, the energy. If you set it up low, the whole group will be in a low position mm. as well. So that's one thing that we always do at the gym, um, be it at Ethos or RBT. We all, we all understand that we in this together. Yeah, you know, we want you. We generally want you to get better, or at least have some fun with us. You know, we generally want that. Um, so that's one thing that we always do here. I yeah. think is energy is something that we have to to have. Absolutely, I think that's highly applicable too. Because even if I think you know myself in just terms mm. of my my day to day, and you know, I interact with a lot of people in my yeah. jobs and whatnot, and just about being having the self awareness to to manage my own state, to be aware of my oh, own of state. Yeah, sometimes you're not high energy, but just to try to be high energy. Because what I find is sometimes if I'm not having the greatest day, I'm not having, yeah. you know, I'm not feeling energized. Sometimes just trying to just trying to create that, trying to say, look, I'm just going to I'm just going to pump it up, maybe have another coffee just to boost it up. And then all of a sudden what I find is I give that back to people and that comes back to me and it becomes this sort of upwelling experience as well. And we've all walked into jobs, work environments, groups or whatever mm-hmm. where you can before anybody says anything, you can already just sense and taste this sort of low energy and 
automatically you get stuck in that as well too. Yeah. So having the awareness and the other thing too, I thought was really important that you said um, is talking about the environment. And I think I think the one thing I see too often today, and I've been guilty of this as well, is you go to your job, you go home. And you kind of just sit there and you eat and you watch some TV and then you get up, you go to your job, you come home, you sit down and eat on TV and you don't really have necessarily those groups around. Mm-hmm. You might have some friends, but, you know, we're all busy and everybody's got families and all that. But I think actually going out and seeking a community for yourself is is so important, whether it be yeah. a gym, a community group, a religious group, some some group where you can go and you can get, you, can, you can find those sorts of individuals. And, I, and I've seen this as well too. I had a conversation where I had a, a friend say, you know, he's tried and he's gone out to a few groups and a few meetups and didn't really have it I told them keep going yeah go they're they're out there you got to find it you might go a few that aren't very good yeah. but you got to keep going you got to find those those that they're out there absolutely I think seeking is really important you, you need to look for something mm. you know I think that's a lot of people ask what's our purpose in in this <laughs> yeah. world we're looking for it but same goes with um, happiness and motivation or mindset at the end of the day um, as much as you should be looking, you have to learn how to create as well. Yeah. Because yeah. you will come to a point where my coaches have two techniques that we teach them. Or you can, whoever that listened to this, you can, ha- you can apply these two techniques. Positive self-talk is one thing, or cueing is one thing that all athletes use. A lot of successful people that go in for the meetings have this as well. Can you walk us through what that would look like? Of course. So we choose, we choose, each individual have this trigger. Okay. This, it, it could be a sense of smell. It could be, we go for cueing. So it could be word, sense of smell, mm. or whatever it is, right? Um, for example, we give people who are going to lift, lift the heavyweights, for example. My cue always tell them, say, you got this. Just that. Even though you all the all the you know odds against you, you got this. And I wish I can show videos, but I don't have the videos. But I have a lifter last year who fell two attempts, the same weight, but got it on the last ones just by saying that. Hmm. Just by saying that. Number one, you have to find is your your cue. Find a cue that always make you feel good. It could be sound. It could be silly stuff. Whatever it is, yeah. right? Find an item, for example, if that's what helped you to to switch that. Um, that uh, from being really low key to a high key. Get into the stage. Get into the stage. Yeah. Second is position, posture. You cannot feel in a low energy when you have a proper posture. People who, females for example, um, they all tend to round themselves or if you sit with them, they, they just hug themselves for example. Mm-hmm. Those are characteristic of a low posture. Low, low power posture or low power position. They have a ten, They try to cuddle themselves. You mm. know, they they they're feeling low. But you see bosses so or people like sergeant or people in a high authority. They have this posture that just by walking or standing, they put their hands on the waist. You cannot feel low when you put your hands on the waist, chest yeah. up. There's no way you can feel the, low the, in that. The, the physical posture. It's drives a physical the physical posture. Yeah. It's like physiologically, it's changing the way you think. Yeah. And they've done this research where they said, can your body language change the way you feel? You can. Mm. People, they do the re- this research, and I can't remember who. Um, but they've done research where they try to figure out, if someone's sad, can they feel happy instantly? You can. So what they do in the research is sound silly, but what they do is people, when, it's, uh, they, when they feel sad, they ask them to bite the pen. Mm-hmm. 
bite it really hard. So what that do? It create a fake smile, mm, okay. expression, yeah. and that person feel feel good about himself because the, the because your mind, your brain knows how your muscle work. Mm-hmm. When you smile, all of the muscles on your face changes. That triggers a point or nerves uh, sig- triggers a signal to your brain saying, "Oh, this is a happy posture." They have some sort of feelings um, that they feel a little better about themselves, mm. and this is this is not a sort of sign. It's actually been 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 researched. Same with the simple thing as you know, put your hands on your around your waist and chest up. Yeah, we do that with our coaches. We ask them to do that before you go, because as a coach, especially at RBT as well, people think we just do classes. We do a lot of things. They do a lot of work, and um, it's a long day. You feel tired, mm-hmm. and by five thirty, you need to be. All high energy. Back on. Yeah. Back on again, right? And throughout the day, they've already been drinking coffee. No amount of coffee will fix <laughs> it after that. So we start to look at, boom, let's get to, a power, let's get to your cue, be in a high power position. Mm. Whatever it is, stand, chest up, you cannot feel low when you're in that position. So that's two things that we really, really apply here. And there's two things that we always encourage people to do. Even anything. If you're nervous to go to interview. Mm. Yeah. Before you go to interview, a lot of people are pacing out. They're getting nervous or they're just, you know, really, really afraid of it. These simple things, if you practice it and keep doing it on a daily basis, again, it's all about frequency and application as well. The more you do it, it becomes something that you can take control of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so funny how our mind can just be tricked with the way you, you position yourself. But posture is something that we always ask our coaches to make sure you're in a good posture when you talking to someone or, you know, present yourself as a coach, you have to. Mm-hmm. You, cannot in a, you cannot be in a low position or low energy position when you, when you try to be, when you, especially when you try to send a message or yeah. deliver an instruction. You need to be able to grab their attention. So that's two things that we, we um, hugely use in RBT, mm-hmm. with coaches, yeah. Excellent. So when you're working with your with your athletes, how do how do you go about helping them to achieve goals? Obviously, goals is something that we all know you need and we should work towards. But achieving them, how do you go about a process to helping them achieve that? We're mapping it out. So you know, goals without strategy is just goals. Everyone can have it. So we map it up at the early stage. So um, the problem with a lot of people they they focus so much on on the result, like I said, mm. but people miss the, um, need to understand. What what happened to achieve the result is the process, and the process obviously will be the strategy that achieved the result. Mm-hmm. But what driven the process is your character. Um, this is where we go back to them again. What sort of things that you've done wrong before? What sort of things that you need to start to get rid of in your mm-hmm. in your daily life that always stop you from getting to the, this process? That, yeah. uh, of course, yeah. self reflection. So we always map it out. Okay, we always. For example, I give you, um, for example, if I have someone who said, hey, H, I would love to go um, to compete in powerlifting, for example. I said, cool. When is the powerlifting? First, we map out when the powerlifting um, competition. Good. Mm-hmm. We are 12 weeks out. That's the end result. Now we're working, we're working backwards. Then I have the strategy. The strategy being the programs that I will write for you. How many days you need to train. Okay, what weight you need should be lift, you should be lifting what sort of body weight you should maintain throughout the program. Mm. Because obviously they have a division and all that they will have to compete. Because if they're over the divisions, they not be able to compete with that division. And then 
Once we have that, I, didn't, I then sit with them and say, this is the program, this is what needs to be done. What do you think? I always ask for their feedback. Typically, we say, this seems fine, so let's do this, mm-hmm. all right? And sometimes I say, okay, cool, let's do it. And I'll let them do it for a week. But then again, based on my observation, some people also will say, oh, this might not work with me, this might not work with that. They started throwing obstacles, all right? People sabotage their own goals. Mm. They didn't realize this, but they just do it. It's so common. They sometimes didn't even meant to do it. But most of people started throwing obstacles along, uh, you know, towards the way, and they, they, that's just going to make it harder for them. Once I have that obstacles, that's where the character needs to shift a little. So I got the, the result, the process. Now we're going back to the character. Then we tackle about all the, pro, the, the obstacles they have. They say, oh... I don't think I can train this uh, the, the, this many days a week. And I said, okay, cool, why? And they said, oh, typically I do sports, I do this, I do that. Okay, cool. Then I, t- I, I asked them to rate between the sports and between your end goal as a powerlifter, which one is more important at this mm. point? They typically say, oh, I want to become a powerlifter, I want to compete. That's 9 out of 10. Cool. How about the sports? Sports run 3 out of 10. This is socialized. Okay, cool. Let's get rid of the soccer first. Let's focus on that. So that gives you a chance to actually train more. Mm, setting means, your priorities. Exactly. Sure really setting up a priority to, to make sure that you get to do the process right. Because if you can't do the process right in anything, mm. really, right, you will not get the result or the result will be very medical. So you want to make sure that they find out, they, they figured out what their priority. I don't make the priority. I'm just showing them what they want without mm. them realizing it. And then I'll, after that, and I'll say, okay, cool, what are the obstacles you have? They might throw in another obstacle. They might say, oh, um, I can't afford this, some, um, this too much training with you. Um, can I just do a training session instead of four? And, and then I say, okay, cool. Is this a financial issue? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's map it out. How much, how much coffee do you drink a day, mm. a day for example? All right, cool. How much time you go out drinking um, with your mates, for example? How much you go out eating, for example? And then I put in, it's very simple. We're not tricking them, but we're making them see what they're doing wrong. You spend double amount of the money in something that doesn't get you towards your goal, right? More than the money that you should be spending in yourself, which is training and get into the process to the goals. So let's get realistic here, which is where is the obstacle? The obstacle is no longer financial. The obstacle is where you prioritize it wrong. Mm. Then they start to realize, cool, this is not for me. This is for you. You come for me to get to the mm-hmm. end goal. I'm going to tell you straight answer. This is how you get to the end goal by going back towards you. Yeah. You are the one who's going to get the end goal, not me. Yeah. You are the one who's going to start putting obstacles. So we prioritize off. We see, make them see what's important, what's need to get rid of, what's need to start, what you start need to, uh, need to start doing. So that's changing the character. Then help the process that will then get the result. Absolutely. It is not a rocket science. <laughs> but like I said, it's our nature to actually, um, to actually do this to ourselves. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nah, I'll do it next week. You know, that's why people never start training or take them a while. Because they always say, ah, I'll do it. You know, we sometimes care about other people. Then we care about ourselves. It's just kind of kind of sad to be honest um, but once you help them to see that's the problem they, they straight away will say look you know what 
that's what it is. Absolutely. I, I think for me, actually, I, I this popped on my LinkedIn a long time ago, and it was the quote of, it's not about lack of resources, it's about mm-hmm. lack of priorities. Absolutely. And I know, I know when I heard that, that was a really profound moment for me, because if you actually look at what are you actually spending your time doing, oh, you know, I spend time... Um, going home and watching TV and all these sorts of things and then they try to figure out why they can't go to the gym or why they can't do these self-development activities and it's going well you, you have enough time you you have you work eight hours a day you commute a little bit you have heaps of time absolute yeah. heaps of time to be able to check into there it's about it's not about lack of resources exactly. lack of priorities into it it's it's like and you you would know this by now as well like uh, and we all been that position before yeah. you know sometimes we're there as well but I think we like it that we've seen people around us that actually have 30 hours in their life mm-hmm. magically. Then you realize, no, they have 24 hours, they prioritize it very well. Yeah. You know, you get better at it. Like the best quote that I, I, I uh, it's about you know, organizing your, your, your days as well. But the best quote that I learned from TJ, which is uh, you know, uh, the, boss, the, the owner of RBT, he said, you will always have problem. Your, the quality of your problem is just different. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You always have problems. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Like people will, that will then so easily go back to your goal as well. You will always have problems. Your quality problem will be different. But you have to strategize it very well. This is where the process all comes in as well. Uh, like you nail it when you say the, 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 it's not a lack of resources. You know? Like when I grew up and tried to learn English, nobody actually speak English. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we have English lesson classes, but Unfortunately, the, 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 the level of English lesson was, wasn't that great. Mm. But, of course, this, the resources wasn't there um, uh, as much as if I'm in Australia. But I know what, I need, what needs to be done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with anything. So we, we so easily just putting all these blocks in front of us and then, just, and then start to blaming others. But yeah. the moment you start to see that this is where the job, this is where it comes to, um, your job as a coach as well, um, that you need to understand how to make them see, hey, stop doing that. You can do this instead. Yeah. You probably ended up saving more if the money over. The, we always talk about money because yeah. we're so attached to it. Yeah. And then we always use that as one number one obstacle. You know, we always yeah. do that, right? I, when, I, when I first moved to Australia as well, my wife, we moved to Australia because my wife wanted to do master in nursing then. And then we have no money, but um, my wife needed a computer. So she bought a computer and she almost returned it because that was a lot of money back then. Mm. But I, I said to her, don't sell the computer, don't uh, return your computer because you'll need that computer in order for you to become a nurse. So same thing, I said, you just have to make sure that you prioritize it. Doesn't matter how hard it looks, you just have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think as well too. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about coaching, given obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, your experience and you're from. But I think for a lot of people, um, and I think I might have talked some previous podcast episode is actually that access to coaches is is actually really easy and how important it is. So even like coach, uh, I think it's coach.me, um, mm. you know, there's lots of people around you mm. that, you know, you might have an accountability buddy mm. or something else oh, that you course. you both support each other through having these sorts of, you know, developing a plan. That yep. person can just be, yep. you know, the uh, devil on the shoulder and call it outboard. But going out there and actually getting somebody to help you because it said it's a, it can be a lonely journey. Oh, so right. find somebody else that can help you. Find somebody else that can pick you back up. We all have, or I should say, we all have, a lot of us have partners. So yep. let's, 
let's let's look out, reach out to our partner. Why oh, don't absolutely. I'm sure they probably want to have things they want to achieve in their life, and you know we have the things we want to achieve in our life. Let's support each other. Put a structured process around it, and no matter think, what it might be. Three exactly. things we discussed today, or go online, but just find exactly. somebody else who can help you through that. Absolutely, you can body the things we're discussing. It's not limited to gym setup. Yeah, this is where the best thing about whatever I've, whatever we talk so far. Um, whatever field that you do or whatever field you're in, you, you, you have the same obstacle, you have the same strategy as yeah. well. It's all a matter of knowing what you want as well yeah. and willing to just, you know, reach out and start doing it. Let's just start. Absolutely. Yeah, let's just start. Just, just let's do just it. Let's just start. Let's <laughs> just do it first. Get the ball rolling first and see where the direction takes you. But of course, you need, you need to start. You yeah. just need to, you know, start the ball rolling. That's it. I don't know why we, we're so hesitant to do so. We just have to do it. 100%. 100%. I, uh, as, uh, as Jason Price would say, a mutual friend of ours, it's about yeah. less aiming, more shooting. And, oh, uh, absolutely. I think that's something that everybody probably has a problem with. Absolutely. You need to do more shooting. Absolutely. I've appreciated this conversation so much. Oh, I'm man, sure we I could probably it. talk far more than this. <laughs> I'll just save it for a round two. But yeah. just for everybody, um, where can they sort of stay up to date to some of the stuff you're doing? And I wanted to say as well, too, that the videos you put out around yeah. um, health and fitness and yeah. stretching and all that is... Phenomenal. I know I am horrible at stretching <laughs> and uh, having your videos is also a good reminder that I need to stretch a bit more. But yeah. where can people stay up to date with what you're doing? Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, we're living in the future now, you know, where we don't have to, we don't have to actually meet people anymore. <laughs> yeah. We can stay connected. And I think that's beautiful. Um, you can reach, uh, reach, reach to me through Facebook. Um, I have my Ethos Strength Performance page. Um, or my coaching page, Hafiz Omar um, coaching page, which is more into just coaching and, uh, you know, um, learning more about, you know, lifting and, you know, weight loss and stuff like that. Or if you're on Instagram, I'm also in the same um, name, which is Ethos Strong Performance as well. You can find me there. Um, I don't use Snapchat, by the way. So <laughs> sorry if, you, if you're a Snapchat user. Uh, but yeah, you can find me there. Um, or you can just, if you want to email me, um, you can email me at hresultbestraining at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So. I'll make sure I have all the links as well, too, so people can, uh, people can get on, watch <laughs> the videos. Um, the one thing I love about, obviously, your videos popping up is that it's a it's a good reminder and whatnot and just yeah. kind of helps you keep focused at uh, yeah. Facebook is full of so much crap and I could I could I go on and on and on about yes. some of the challenges and some of my gripes against social media but <laughs> if you can surround yourself with really positive inputs like obviously some of the videos that you put up and the articles we were just discussing uh, it's 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 so positive and it's just those little things that pop in through the social media and less about the people your friends on a European vacation who seem to never we just try to learn from each other I suppose you know? absolutely yeah, so that's that's what we're doing H I really appreciate your time thank Thanks you so much, so much. Dustin Hi everyone, and thank you again for joining me for today's chat. Please make sure you jump on Facebook to quickly like and share this podcast episode. If you're not already following me, please take another quick minute to hit that like button so you can stay up to date with all new podcast episodes, exciting announcements, and other things going on. You can find me on Facebook at Project Y2, that's at Project Y and the number two. And you can also follow me on LinkedIn if you're there. Don't forget to share and rate this on wherever you find your podcast episodes, and I look forward to having you join me again for our next Y2 podcast.